Hello inside our podcast, where science meets innovation, and we deep dive into the fields of lifestyle and nutrition, of healthcare and self-care, and we really want to understand the science behind it. My name is Dr. Anna Latz, and I'm super, super thrilled over today's guest, who is Dr. Simone Koch. Simone is a real power woman. <laughs> she is a medical doctor. She is a mother. She is an author of several books, uh, publications, a podcast host, a founder of the German Autoimmune Help, and I think several more <laughs> things she could tell us about. And yeah, she's a obviously very busy woman, but quite an expert in our field. So a very warm welcome, Simona. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited for my, I think, I guess, first interview for some kind of a podcast in English. So <laughs> Great. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. So um, before we really understand a little bit more about yeah what you're working on and really your work expertise, I'm Yeah, I had to think about uh, our very first podcast guest we had here in, in the Hello Inside podcast who told us that for her one very important moment was to looking for the why behind some things in her life. So her symptoms she had or, or uh, some things she wanted to understand about her body. And from what I learned about you and your work, you're really a person, a doctor who is searching for the why, the cause behind things. So could you maybe take us on the journey uh, what brought you really to that position in your career and really into that field of expertise what's your journey behind that uh, I guess something in my brain is just not really wide wired about that because I was always interested in how things work from the um, inside and from the beginning and what's the why behind things um, even as a child um, I try to reach my brain with some stuff um, to uh, yeah just try what's <laughs> inside there and started a really heavy bleeding so my mom had to carry me on <laughs> on my feet to the doctor um, so that wasn't a good idea um, so I, I, I learned uh, by doing that um, something um, should stay where they are and, um, science can be a dangerous field but um, that's something I, I have always done when I was 14, I guess, I read um, the Bible and I read about Jesus um, taking a fast for 40 days. So I uh, thought for myself, I will try that. So I tried to fast <laughs> for 40 days. I, uh, I, I came to 30 and... Um, It was really exhausting. It was quite an experience. So I think it's something which is inside me that I'm very, mm -hmm. very much interested in, in the why of things. And that's what I've mm -hmm. taken with me um, to my career. And that was one of the reasons why I decided to um, study um, human medicine. Because um, uh, my father's a psychotherapist, a quite um, famous one in Austria. And he always mm -hmm. wanted me to do something like that and I was like now um, I think the, uh, the the humans are um, everything together like um, our mind our body um, our experiences um, if you want to help somebody you have to take all of that and put it together and look deeply to the root um, what is wrong with a person so I decided I want to read it for, uh, to learn it from the beginning I want to learn all about the biochemistry all about the um, physiology um, of the human to really mm -hmm. understand what's um, what's 
going on there. And it's one of the reasons I'm, I'm quite a biochemistry nerd. I'm very interested in biochemistry. <laughs> I was really good in biochemistry during my study time, which is something which is normally not, yeah, just not normal for medicine students. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> normally they're just, oh, it's over. <laughs> and for yeah. me, it was like, oh, I really like it. And, um, it's, it, it's still like that, but then, uh, even during my study time, I was not really well. I had a lot of periods where I was very exhausted. I used to fall asleep during the lectures. Um, and there are a lot of lectures where I wrote and where you can see the pen going down the, the paper where I, where I had fallen asleep while wow. writing. So something was really wrong with me, but I, I, um, I didn't know it uh, any way other. So I thought mm -hmm. that's normal. I thought that's just me or that, mm -hmm. or I do not sleep enough. I always had insomnia. So I thought something about that and uh, didn't really think about it. And I'm very disciplined. So I just pushed over the problems. And of course, when I became a doctor, it um, came more, became much more a problem because I worked 100 hours a week or something and mm -hmm. slept even less. And um, yeah, then after I had my first child, the, my, my insomnia became so bad that I could only sleep one hour a day. And it was very, and you wow. get crazy when you uh, don't, mm -hmm. uh, cannot sleep. And so that was all the doctors told me. You have a postpartal depression. Um, that's a problem. And I was like, no, I'm not depressed. I, I'm quite a happy person. I have a wonderful child. I love my husband. I just cannot sleep. And nobody would listen to me. And so I took my own blood work and because um, I wanted to know what's wrong with me. And I figured out that I had a severely um, uh, hi uh, hyper um, thyrosis, is that right in English? Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. um, which normally I, I lost nine kilo of weight in four, in two weeks. I My hair was falling mm -hmm. out and I couldn't sleep. So that's normally, you know that, that's a, mm -hmm. a science of <laughs> hyperthyrosis. Yeah. But nobody had listened to me because they all said, yeah, she's had an, she's, she was having a baby. So she has postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And that was something for me where I figured out for myself, I want to help people to find the why to find the root of their problems mm -hmm. and not to say, yeah, you had a baby. It must be postpartum depression or, um, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, you cannot concentrate or it must be a psychosomatic problem or something. Um, I want to find out, um, what is the root of the problems. So yeah, I started researching and learning a lot more about that <laughs> and, um, try to figure that out with my patients and still with me, I do a lot of experiments. So that, that, that last. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, that's, that's good because it's a lifelong learning for sure. Yeah. Maybe just to explain a bit for our listeners. So there was something wrong with the, one of the organs that's very responsible for, for the metabolism. And so it can go be too high, too low and that causing different symptoms. And I mean, uh, Simone is the expert on uh, autoimmune diseases in that context, but a lot of millions of, uh, uh, yeah, especially women in, in Germany and in Europe and all over the world suffer from these problems, but they are often very unspecific and that's they are driving the people crazy. That's why I found it so amazing that you try to help people via your content to understand and then really take action from that. Yeah. And and also from what you said, one one phrase you said, I just pushed through it. I mean, this is quite a common, uh, common theme in, in a lot of people who have multiple roles as you had there back then. And maybe also um, 
a term we could discuss a little bit more, which was coined in that context in the last year, which is called the mental load. Because this is something that uh, was very much also entering science because the, the mental load that comes from our daily lives is something that might hinder us from really taking self-care. Because there, in theory, you might know how to take care of yourself, but when and how and where to start. So uh, could you maybe explain what is mental load? Uh, who is very prone to suffer from it? And my, what is the biology connected with that? Mental load is um, all the things in the background of our minds, what we have to do and think about. Like, um, and to your other question, just to give an example, it's really common with mothers, because, and, and women, but especially mothers, because um, you have to, it's not just that you have to put your children into their clothes and bring them to the kindergarten. It's, you have to think, how is the weather? What should they really take? What should they take um, for lunch um, to the kindergarten? What is after it? Um, do I do I need that? Oh, um, the the jacket does not look very good. I have to buy another jacket. Um, uh, do I have enough money on the on on my my account? Hmm, does not look really good. I have to talk to my husband to transfer some money. And so it's building up and building up and building up. Uh -huh. So uh, um, it's so much stuff you have to think about just from the old, from the little task to dress your children. And um, uh, and <laughs> so, uh, and this is basically mental load. Um, this is all the stuff in the background. And it's like when you, uh, and this is what a lot of people do not understand is when you ask your husband to dress the children, then in a, uh, and he is only dressing the children, all the rest of the mental load, which comes together with that, mm -hmm. stays with you. So um, uh -huh. it's, it's, it's much more than a task list. A lot of people say with mental load, yeah, just make a task list and it's out of your mind. But it isn't. It's, mm -hmm. it's so much mm -hmm. more than the simple task. It's so much more in the background coming to that. And it's... Um, a lot of information, a lot of um, neurons firing all together um, and making so much noise in the brain um, <laughs> that that is disturbing the the whole body and it's disturbing the immune system. It's um, um, releasing a lot of stress and that can lead can really lead to burnout and um, uh, severe fatigue and exhaustion because um, mm -hmm. there's. It's never quiet. There's no um, possibility to really regenerate and um, yeah, to take care of yourself and really that even if you if you think okay now I have three minutes for myself I do some breathing work breathe in breathe out in Alexa <laughs> and but if all the stuff in your brain is still going on um, mm -hmm. it's nearly impossible. Uh, to find that moment of regeneration and um, reparation. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think that I hope that was <laughs> some kind of clear yeah, definitely. That, what mental yeah. load really means. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the example is very helpful because it shows how much interconnected everything is. And uh, I really also like the, the image of the neurons firing. I mean, uh, what I read also is that you can, it's not about the time share, but the mind share. So even if you say someone does that time amount, uh, that respective task, someone has to plan it and make sure it's also done. Yeah. And this is really something that's not very tangible, but as you described, very, very common. I mean, one study um, I looked at showed that nine out of 10 uh, women with multiple roles, so as you said, uh, mothers uh, are 
yeah really suffering from that mental load and which is really not only a problem for their well-being as you described by this continuous stress uh, on the body but also for the relationships yes yeah and so if you have uh i, I guess a lot of patients who have at least the, the, this kind of problem among maybe several others while they're coming to you how would you start to work on that and try to um yeah really solve these issues and to kind of lower the mental load as well um first thing is to acknowledge it to uh, um to be aware of it what is going on there that probably just write everything down and do not only write down the task but write down everything mm -hmm. which is behind the task like with which breathing children and then um does the child need another jacket how do i buy it where do i buy it which money do i need um which is the most sustainable clothes brand or something it's a lot of stuff behind it and write everything down and then look at it and acknowledge how much is on mm -hmm. your uh, plate and um how difficult that is how, how much weight is um on your shoulders and that alone mm -hmm. helps a lot because then you can see okay yes i do a lot because one problem for me was always like i, f I felt like a like a failure i felt like um like a fraud because i was Uh, I, I thought, yeah, okay, I am a working mother, but should I be so exhausted? What's wrong with me? Um, what's the problem? Um, there are a lot of other working moms and they do just fine. I thought that a lot of, the, a lot of them do not just fine. But, um, yeah, mm -hmm. so, uh, that's, um, something I, I, I thought about a lot. And if you see all mm -hmm. that, what's on your plate, then you can be much nicer to yourself and say, okay, I really mm -hmm. have to change something. I, um, and then the first thing is, start sharing the mental load um, start to really talk with somebody about it and make a plan how to share it um, and mm -hmm. uh, um, also make the other person aware of how much is on your plate and that it's not mm -hmm. just um, getting the groceries but making a list what uh, what should be shopped um, thinking about um, what is healthy food for the family um, thinking about meals to make from the groceries and stuff on and on and on and so mm -hmm. um, make uh, um, yeah make some practical um, idea about how to share it and how to really share it mm -hmm. and um, that's one mm -hmm. of the first things and then of course um, to think about um uh, time frames where you really have the um possibility to regenerate and let everything go that just that mm -hmm. you know things are taken care of and um mm -hmm. that is very 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 uh, important because i uh, when i had my children and when i was the worst it was just like yes of course sometimes my husband tried to help me and then he tried to take the kids but um It was like, like they was hammering on my door. They always wanted something from me. I was always afraid something could happen to them. And actually something did happen to them whenever I was around. So <laughs> it was like, yeah, okay. I have that free time now, but the mental load is still there. And, um, mm. uh, to take action to get really little time frames, um, where you mm. know that all the mental load and all your responsibility is somewhere else where you really can be with mm -hmm. yourself and, um, try to regenerate and calm down. Okay. okay. And I imagine that's quite a process for most yes. of, most of <laughs> yeah. us. Uh, I mean, that's, it sounds very reasonable, but, uh, of course it's, it's always hard to change behaviors. Um, but 
I could imagine that, yeah, it's kind of also scheduling the self-care time, the time really, as you said, to regenerate really into your plan and maybe starting with small doses and then adding, I mean, the whole day might be a little bit far-fetched in the beginning, but uh, just have a plan on that as well. And also letting go, just if, if, if the mm -hmm. kid is not dressed well and if uh, they don't eat the best sustainable, healthy, organic food when they're with somebody else, let it go for the moment. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's also a good thing. I mean, this striving for perfection the, would drive you crazy yes. in the yeah. end. And And I mean, we, we alluded to it a little bit, this mental load and having multiple tasks to do. I mean, it's not only a, a, a women's problem, but a general problem yeah. like chronic stress. That's, I mean, we know that for a short time, stress can be even of help for good performance, etc. But all kind of chronic stress uh, is really causing inflammation into our bodies, etc., etc. From your experience, is there some difference between men and women uh, in like, how they deal with stress, react with stress? And did you find some patterns also connected to to their hormonal levels or, or their biology behind it? It's just some, yeah, from my very personal, um, yeah, I'm super interested about it because you see so many patients and is there something that really astonished you in your work, what you found out in that respect? Um, it's really that um, the hypocampus, which is connecting both part of the brain um, with another is quite bigger um, or not with every woman but with women in general and that um, things are more wired together and I think that's probably one of the reasons we are less able to come down and go to the nothing space. Um, for, for men it's quite easier to shut the noise out and for us because mm -hmm. there's so much wiring all over the brain um, there's always noise and it's <laughs> really more difficult um, to shut it down and it's something which uh, um, was in brain chemistry um, they have found out and which I also can I think I can see in my work it's something you can learn I think and I think there are also mm -hmm. some men who vary a lot especially if they're in a higher position probably for a big company for a lot of people if there's a lot of, mm -hmm. of responsibility for a lot of people it can be um, exactly the same so I, I do not want to think that it's um, only a problem of um, women because it's not but I think it's more common mm -hmm. in women and especially, especially in, a fam in the family context it's something um, which is a lot around with women and we also we we were raised um, in the um, feeling that suffering and being responsible for other people and to give your everything that is something which is mm. um, good and which uh, uh, the Uh, people think that you should do that. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think, and, and I think for, for men, it's more, yeah, I have to stand for myself and, um, to say no, it's easier. It's often from this, from that bringing is often easier. Not always, mm -hmm. but, but, but often. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, but you ask for the neurology side. Um, the other thing is that women need less dress or, or how do I start? Um, we have a lot more, a lot more estrogen. And estrogen is um, break, broken down with the same enzyme like the stress hormones as a catechol O-methyltransferase. Mm -hmm. uh, and if um, you have a lot of estrogen, this enzyme is already quite busy. So if um, 
different other stuffs comes uh, into the system like and that can also be toxins and yeah and stress hormones um then it can be uh, um overwhelmed and then a lot of mm -hmm. things go wrong and then there will be toxic metabolized uh, metabolites of the estrogen and they also mm -hmm. um work like stress hormones they still have um an estrogen um part they still work like estrogens mm -hmm. uh, and a lot they should not do that the, the if the, everything is going normal the metabolites um, do not work as estrogens but the toxic metabolites do and they also work like stress hormones mm -hmm. so women have a much higher risk to come into a, a place from the hormone side where there is um, mm -hmm. also um, a lot of stress hormones which, which cannot be processed because they already is that um, the estrogen and also the estrogen can um, mm -hmm. go to a wrong side where they work like stress hormones so we have a much higher risk ah. to come into a place where we are overwhelmed with um, stress hormones and metabolize uh, me metabolites who work like stress hormones <laughs> wow that that's interesting so so kind of the all the hormones competing with who is kind of uh, breaking them down yeah. and so the balance is really out of uh, yeah very easier in in imbalance uh, because women are more prone to yeah. it but this actually might or should result to very different uh, yeah differences in, in how we look at for example colleagues who are like uh, male or female because they just by biology might react different to different stressors totally right? they found out that women if you push them too hard um probably in um, athlete training if you push a woman too hard their um uh, the workout um load and how they perform goes down they they don't need to be pushed that hard so uh, like a drill sergeant and um screaming at people and something that might work for a man but that is not working uh -huh. for a woman as well and um, they started to treat um, uh, female athletes different from um, mm -hmm. male and found out that that works much better and I think you can translate that also to the business um, part uh -huh. yeah super interesting yeah actually we are having a, a, a sports a professional athlete in one of our upcoming episodes so i'm definitely going to talk <laughs> to her about that because uh there's also a trend more and more to acknowledge these facts yes. and that the cycle just needs to not only have the gender differences in corporate but also like the hormonal structure of women uh, along the monthly cycle for example that's also more and more acknowledged in that field yeah, yeah. so um making a little bit um yeah a little bit connection to another episode we have because there were so many questions also coming from that field we talked uh, with professor stefan herzig about intermittent fasting and i know that and you kind of alluded to it very young you started with experimenting and fasting that you also have some experiences there and um maybe you could help us get a little bit more actionable insights so really understand a little bit more is 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 really intermittent fasting for each and every one something what might what might be health benefits and who should be a little bit um yeah more uh, aware of potential problems or who uh, yeah should be more careful just trying out intermittent fasting um it's important that to to make yourself clear that fasting is also a stressor this um fasting puts stress onto the body so if there is too much stress if there already is so much stress so much mental load so much stuff 
stuff to do. Probably, I don't know, dieting, <laughs> hard working out and stuff. It can be too much. And as I already said, a woman, uh, a woman, are um, more um, um, vulnerable to that. So um, for a woman, it can be um, too much to, together with the fasting, especially if you do the 16-8, which is the uh, um, most common approach to intermediate fasting. It can be that um, the extra stress to the intermediate fasting is just too much on the body and that it can will um, come mm -hmm. to um, uh, hormonal disbalances that the body is taking everything away from the um, steroid hormones, from estrogen and progesterone to the cortisol side because there's so much stress and that it messes up with the cycle and that you get severe problems okay. there. So I think that is the basic information. If you are not stressed, if everything is fine, then of course a woman can thrive on 16-8. It can be perfect. But um, with that problem that women are much more vulnerable to stress because of the estrogen and because um, of the uh, one enzyme which is breaking apart all the stress hormones, the estrogens and a lot of estrogenic um, toxins and stuff in our environment, mm -hmm. um, we are much more vulnerable to get problems there. So um, a lot of studies have shown that especially for athletes, intermediate fasting every day and 16-8 especially um, can relate to severe um, cycle problems. And that it also can relate uh, to uh, come to a minor so that the um, period is stopping. And um, that uh, it can, and that especially OMAD, uh, an OMAD fasting, like one meal a day, um, that uh, this is for women, it's not really, yeah, sh women should, should do not that at all. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, um, like, you can do that two, two, two times a week or something, but. Of, uh, not every day. That is quite for sure. Not every day. Because every, uh, that takes so much stress on the body that it just mm -hmm. will be too much. And that for women, it can be just enough to do a 12-12 fast to, um, to okay. really stick with, um, 12 hours of fasting or 14. Um, it does not have to be 16. And to be aware of that, a lot of people say then, yeah, try harder. Do it, do, do, like, I, like I always did, push through it. <laughs> and, um, yeah. that's, that's yeah. not helping. Um, <laughs> Uh -huh. it's 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 not getting better from that and then um uh -huh. when i was i did a lot of crazy stuff and i was uh, i think not don't know 24 <laughs> or something i went vegan and uh -huh. at that time of course i did know a lot of stuff so i know right get your protein and stuff i didn't know at that time that i'm celiac and that i have severe cross reactions to <laughs> legumes so i oh. um consumed a lot of gluten in the vegan phase and but I also consumed a lot of legumes and um, so I got worse and worse and I always told myself yeah it's just the beginning it's a healing, a healing crisis push through it try harder go uh -huh. more vegan yeah. <laughs> and, and in the end my nails start fa falling out and I was so wow. so anemic that I couldn't go to my flat in the fourth floor so um mm -hmm. Don't push through it. If your body is sending <laughs> your signals that it's really not a good idea, don't push through uh -huh. it. <laughs> and so, I think that's the same thing with intermediate fasting. Sometimes our body is just telling us not a good idea. <laughs> not a good idea. Yeah. And, and sometimes, um, 
it's just so hard to listen to your body because you cannot really always interpret the signals it's sending you. Yeah. But I found out a very, very, very strong remark to say, okay, not eating is a stress, especially in the beginning, especially if you're not used to it. Um, so what, what I would be interested in is because people always say breakfast skipping is the easiest. What's your take on that? Is, does it have to be breakfast no. or could I, how can I start? It, it doesn't matter at all. You can have breakfast and lunch uh, and dinner, I mean, um, and mm -hmm. um, fast in between. If that is the best approach for you in your business context and everything, you can skip dinner. Um, dinner skipping was a big thing in the 80s um, with, uh, in Germany, mm -hmm. Dr. Strunz and stuff. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> and um, it has another name there, but it was still intermediate fasting. <laughs> and and yeah. now uh, it's, it's skipping breakfast. Um, for me... Um, uh, dinner fast works much better than um, skipping the breakfast because mm -hmm. uh, I need, I feel like I need something in the morning. I do not really eat. I drink stuff in the morning. I drink a cacao mm -hmm. with a lot of other antioxidants and some collagen and some vital mushroom, healing mushrooms and um, mm -hmm. not the magic ones, <laughs> the, the healing ones. And, <laughs> not always. Not always. And um, yeah, and that's, it's, it does nothing to my um, uh, blood sugar, um, uh -huh. but it gives me a lot of energy and that helps me to come good into the day and through the day. And I found that out for myself that it works much better for me mm -hmm. and that if I stop eating at some probably 5 p.m. that for me that's a much better mm -hmm. approach and um, that okay. it works better for me and so that is that's something I always say find your individual way mm -hmm. don't listen to any guru outside there what works for me must not must not work for you it's more probably for Absolutely. you it's a totally stupid crazy idea <laughs> um, yeah because I do a lot of stupid crazy stuff but <laughs> <laughs> yeah we heard yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. So from a scientific standpoint, one really cannot say there's one meal that needs to be skipped the most, but it just really find your pattern, find something that you can stick to. Also, your works with your routine. And would you say uh, intermittent fasting is only valid if you do it really every day and there's no cheating days? Or how long do we have to do it to really see also results? I mean, it's not always about weight, but so much also about uh, anti-inflammatory yeah, effects yeah. on our body. For me, it's like... Everything counts. Everything counts. Mm -hmm. Every day counts. If you do it just once a week, perfect. If you can do, uh, if you can mm -hmm. do then twice a week, even better. So, um, cause <laughs> I think this, this perfection, all, uh, um, yeah. um, does stop a lot of people from starting. So, so mm -hmm. I think everything, like it's with the muscles, um, every muscle contractions, um, gives our body, um, myokine, myokines, which helps the body, um, to go to the anti-inflammational side. Every construction. So every construction counts. Mm -hmm. And it's the same, like with, uh, with intermediate fasting. Um, if you just do one day, Good. Start with that and then try another mm -hmm. and then probably another. I, I don't think that, um, and they found out that with the inflammational side that 12 hours mm -hmm. are enough to give you, to get you into okay. a good, um, rhythm, cool. um, to, um, for endurance. Uh, it's hiring your endurance. It's, um, mm -hmm. hiring some cognitive st stuff. So, um, it ha does not has to be 16 hours. So, and, okay. and I think we are meant to 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 not eat for 12 hours should because um, most of the time it was dark then so 
not yeah. eating. Yeah, that's a good point also. Yeah. Yeah. And it's getting darker earlier now. So maybe it's a good way to start to experiment. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe one last question to intermittent fasting is, so what would be red flags to see re that's really not working for me? I mean, even if you push through maybe one or two days or try it for a week and you're still not really feeling better, but miserable, what, what should we watch out for? Being edgy and jumpy all the time. If you, mm -hmm. if you, if you're really, really, um, edgy, you, you scream at your colleagues, you're very angry about your husband. Um, somebody told you if, if you feel like everybody around you just became stupid, then probably <laughs> something is wrong with you. Then some, probably it's a problem with your stress hormones and your blood sugar. And okay. this is a clear sign. If you feel in, while, while yeah. you fast, everything just became, everybody yeah. became just stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. it's a, it's a very, it's a red flag. Um, uh -huh. also if your sleep is disturbed, is your sleep, uh, if your sleep mm -hmm. is getting worse, um, that's a, it's a really heavy red flag. Then you should stop that. Mm -hmm. It's the same with going ketogenic or every other kind of diet. If your if your sleep yeah. is very disturbed, then um, stop it. Then it's not good for you. It's, mm -hmm. it's hiring your stress stress hormones. Um, don't do it. You can do it for a water fast or something. Then your sleep is will will be disturbed. Yeah. But uh, um, this has a lot of good uh, mm -hmm. stuff coming out. So it's okay to have disturbed sleep for three or four days, but not for weeks doing an okay. intermediate fast. And then being mm -hmm. exhausted. Um, It's, it's another sign if you don't have more energy but less and mm -hmm. feel like everything is getting heavy and you move through honey that everything is becoming severely uh, difficult mm -hmm. it's another sign where I think okay that's a red flag it's not probably it's not um, that you do it but how you do it probably mm -hmm. could change something there okay Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's good. I think everybody can watch out for these signs in their body and really interpret them very well. That's very helpful. Yeah. And, and from, from, I mean, as you said, you studied a lot, you are very much into science, then experimented with yourself, have your patience. So is there one thing you, uh, one fact or one, um, one aspect you found out and really are convinced of and not a lot of people agree with you on that? <laughs> uh, Probably one of my, that is where it's personal, but I think it could help a lot of people going off of caffeine. I, I, I do, don't drink any caffeine any longer ah. since a year or something. And for me, that we, that, that has really done the trick for, um, stress. Um, my, my uh -huh. sleep is so much better since then. And, um, A lot of other problems. I'm not that edgy and jumpy any longer. I can, I'm much more resilient to s stress at all. And I had mm -hmm. severe Renault syndrome. That's, that's the cell where the fingers mm -hmm. get completely white, like zombie fingers. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of women have <laughs> that. Um, and, um, that also has nearly gone since I cut out wow. the caffeine. But uh -huh. that's just really for me. I know that I have a SUP1A2, um, mutation and that is related that um, mm -hmm. my body can Cannot break down caffeine very well, okay. but I think it's something worth trying because caffeine. I think it's the most um, accepted drug we all use, <laughs> and uh, to, <laughs> to give it a try to live without it. Because um, a lot of people think they will be more tired, and the opposite is right um, from my experience. Mm -hmm. If you, after the wean out, you find out that you are more energetic and more inside yourself than ever. So yeah, okay. 
Cool, thank you. And maybe one last, also very personal question for you. I mean, we want to learn a little, little bit and you told us also some tricks how to take care of yourself. So what is your number one self-care hack where you say, okay, I wish I would have known that years ago. I, I love to do that and I would love to share that with the audience. Uh, I think when I'm when I had a very stressful day and had to work a lot and I've, I think probably a lot of people know that this feeling inside, like it feels something like between hunger and just being exhausted and normally I used to uh, jump on the couch and watch some um, series uh, some show uh, some TV show and yeah. eat something just eat something not not really something unhealthy I normally I do not eat unhealthy at all but I at something and now I know mm -hmm. it's uh, for me it's much better to go uh, after work or after a stressful day to go into the sauna if that is possible mm -hmm. and then um, do a, a, a short breath work or meditation and then mm -hmm. the, this hunger which is is no hunger and this feeling of this exhaustion normally then it's gone and that uh, okay. to, to look what is it my body really needs and in i think in this moment is uh, to, to calm down and watching a tv show can be very helpful and i don't want to take that away from people because a lot of people if you ask them what um calms you down the most they tell you to yeah. watch my favorite tv show so i think it's okay it's completely okay to watch your favorite tv show <laughs> but sometimes it's better to do something else before that, uh -huh. even if it's short, because um, as we know from science, watching a TV show does not really calm your body down. Uh, doing a short mm -hmm. five minute meditation and if possible for me, it's I have, a, I have an infrared sauna so I can go there whenever I want. Not everybody had that, mm -hmm. but uh, to do something just for yourself and to really do that, because mm -hmm. I, I know that whenever when stress is building up, the first thing I throw under the bus is the things for me, like going to the infrared sauna, mm -hmm. going into the ice bath, eating healthy, visiting friends. Um, that's the first things I lo I lose. I just lose. And to, to uh -huh. learn that, don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Still call your friends. Uh, still do the stuff which works for you and uh -huh. which are good for you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing that. I think that's very powerful. Like really try to understand, get your body intelligence to what's good for you. I mean, you pointed that out several times among the episode, really acknowledge what's there, what kind of stress we have, what load there is and who do I need to talk to? I mean, that's why people are coming to you or coming to other experts or their family, because sometimes you need some ex somewhat external to help you find those patterns yeah. and then solve them. Yeah. And then also understand that you can experiment a little bit with your body, but there are some clear warning signs we should be aware of. I mean, sleep is always a very, very good indicator for a lot of things not going too right. Yeah. And of course, the self-care hack, um, take time for your self-care easier. It sounds easy as it is, but I think you also pointed out some ways to really start with small doses and every day counts. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Simone, for those really inspiring insights. Um, so to our audience, you can definitely uh, follow Simone on a, a lot of social media channels. She's she's very active and also very informative there. Um, so feel free to, sub to subscribe to her newsletter, to the Hello Insight newsletter, to uh, follow us on Instagram. And yeah, also watch out for upcoming episodes. We, we have some some 
uh, yeah, at least as inspiring guest as Simona. And I'm sure if you have some questions, just uh, send them over to us and we try to find a solution for that as well. So thanks a lot again, Simona. Have a beautiful day, everybody. And yeah, take care of yourself. <laughs>